and welcome to Your Sparkly Brand. We're here to inspire and empower entrepreneurs like you. This podcast is all about delivering no-fluff, high-value content that helps you grow your business. It doesn't matter if you have no budget and are still DIYing everything on your own. We're giving you the tips, tools, and strategies you need to build a sparkly empire. I'm Lauren Tassi, your copywriter and launch strategist, and I'm here with the branding, marketing, and design queen, Megan Gersh. Hi, Megan. Hey, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. So it's we're on. we took a little break, but we're back. Break from recording. We've been releasing episodes. What's your sparkly moment this week? So aside from just surviving Burning Man, <laughs> it's kind of, I kind of have a two-part sparkly moment this week. So one is just surviving the desert and the elements. And the other is being able to outsource something in my business that I've really been trying to, I think I've mentioned this on podcasts before, but I've really been trying to step into my role as kind of like lead designer in my business and outsource all of the pieces of the business that I don't like doing. And so so yeah, somebody is helping me with a build out of a website and it just felt really good to like hand off everything to him and just get that rolling. So yeah. What about you? Yeah. I know that feels so good. The way I, I am starting doing like my project management now, it's like, I turn something to green when it's like off my plate for the moment. It's so satisfying. Yeah, absolutely. So my sparkly moment is that I, in the past week, maybe two weeks since we talked, have referenced two of our podcast episodes and sent them to clients when they had questions about stuff. Um, so oh that God. felt really really good. Yeah. It was like, somebody was asking me about SEO and I was like, if you really want to know, I can give you resources, but you don't have to worry about this. And she did want to know. So I sent her that. And then somebody else was asking about testimonials. I was like, I have a podcast episode on that. So that's fun. And you know, kind of the point of why we're doing all of this. That feels good. Yeah. It, it totally has turned into like this, like asset that you can use to like cite in different places. You can put it in your, like your freebies. You can send it to clients. It's, it's just really, really helpful. Yeah. So let's do a little life update first. So I feel like it's, this is now out there in the world, but anybody who's like maybe picking apart the pieces of every episode could tell that I was going through something the past few weeks, months, my husband was diagnosed with cancer a couple weeks ago, but it's basically, you know, it's been a lot of doctor's visits all summer, basically. So we were supposed to go to Burning Man with Meg and all our friends, but you know, as it, as it was approaching, realized we couldn't go. So I just sort of wanted to put that out there. That's sort of what I've been going through. Again, I'm so grateful to have my business amongst all this. I can go to doctor's appointments with him and not have to worry about any of that. So that's sort of my life update. And now let's talk about Burning Man. So let's just cover some of the basics and then we'll get into the juicy stuff of what happened this year. So tell us, Meg, what is Burning Man? So Burning Man is this incredible, transformational, some call it an event, some call it a festival. That's up for debate. That happens just north of Reno in Nevada once a year. So 80,000 people come to gather and create basically a fully functioning city. There's literally everything that you could think of within the city. You can find art, you can find different inventions, different big musical acts play. There's different activities that you can participate in. There's nothing for sale in the city. So it's really unique in that way. This is the part, I think that a lot of people have a lot of trouble wrapping their head around, like there's nothing for sale there, but like, obviously there's a lot of like money that and prep that goes into getting there and stuff like that. It's not even a barter economy. So there's no like trading. There's just like, people will give you gifts without expectation in return. So it's really unique and really special. Yeah. So this was your second time there, right, Meg? When did you, you went this year, 2022, what was, which year did you go before? 2015. 2015. Okay. And so I was there in 2018. So we sort of have the the past few years spread out. Um, and so one of the really cool things, and I think, and this is when we bring it back to like how it relates to business and stuff is the 10 principles, right? And the 10 principles are these, basically the, the pillars, right? They're 
content pillars. They're guideposts for how things run, not just like at Burning Man or at, you know, the organization that runs Burning Man, but like it, all of burner culture really is sort of supported by these 10 principles. So we won't go into all of them, but like gifting is one of them. But there's just a couple that as I was reading them, I was like, I feel like these really apply to business owners. And so the first one I want to talk about is radical inclusion. And this one says that anyone may be a part of Burning Man. We welcome and respect the stranger. No prerequisites exist for participation in our community. And I think as a business owner, like thinking about that, you know, it's an interesting thing because we talk about like, you're for some people, you're not for some people, but that's not about exclusion. That's about like attracting and magnetizing your customer. But in terms of like, who is your customer? It could be anyone. And so that's something I like to think about, like, how can I be more inclusive in what I do with my business? Yeah. And this is where it goes back to like, it's not capitalism, right? Like, it's just like, it's very anti-capitalist and like, it's, this is where it, it becomes like kind of hard for people to wrap their heads around like, okay, like people are just so nice there. And it's just like so welcoming and like people wave to each other when they're riding by on their bikes and like help each other out. And if somebody falls off their bike, like people will run over and try to help them. It's just a very kind and caring community. So the next principle that we want to talk about is decommodification. This is honestly one of my favorite ones. And I've talked about this a little bit on my TikTok about how interesting it is as a brand designer to see a community that embraces this decommodification aspect of it. So essentially you will see a lot of any brand that you see on the playa will be covered or distorted in some way. And a lot of people go to great lengths to like, like, for example, like people will rent U-Haul trucks or something like that. And they will modify the logos, although completely cover the logo so that there are no brands that are visible in the community. And this is all an effort to support the gifting community because we want to rule out any of the businesses and brands that are obviously necessary to actually attend the event, but we want to create this community that is brand free. And as a brand designer, this is so interesting to me. And it's one of those things where you kind of, you pose the question to people, like, do you think that the community would be better without brands? Like, I, I personally think that like people would find different ways to become unique and to show their uniqueness in some way and essentially create their own personal branding, no matter what we did. But it's just really interesting to have that removed from your society. So the, uh, another one that I wanted to talk about is radical self-reliance. This principle says Burning Man encourages the individual to discover, exercise, and rely on their inner resources. And this one just like speaks so much to me. It's one of those things where like at Burning Man and within the culture, it's a very helpful community, right? Somebody falls off their bike. They're going to come like, are you okay? Your bike chain breaks. Somebody will probably help you fix it. But radical self-reliance is not counting on that, right? It's bringing a backup bike chain. It's being able, you know, having a bandage for your knee if you have knee problems and you fall off your bike. It's doing everything you can to take care of yourself so you're not reliant on other people. And I think that's really interesting as a business owner to look at it. It's that that phrase that I always think of like, no one's coming to save you, which can be terrifying or empowering, right? Like I try to most of the time look at it from the empowering perspective, like, well, it's me, it's me and I'm doing this. So I think that's why I love that one so much. Yeah, I think that really speaks to kind of the core of what the entrepreneurial spirit is too. Like, it's like, okay, well, this nine to five thing didn't work out for me. So I'm doing my own thing. And like, we're just going to make it work our own way. So yeah, I love that one too. So the next one that we want to talk about is radical self-expression, which is honestly one of my favorite ones. And it's exactly what it sounds like. People express themselves in all different kinds of ways. This can be in the form of gifts. This can be in the form of clothing. This can be in the form of creating a performance for folks that are around you. And no, 
no one other than the individual or collaborating group can determine its content. It's essentially offered as a gift to the community. And then the other one we wanted to chat about today is civic responsibility. And this one says we value civil society. Community members who organize events should assume responsibility for public welfare and endeavor to communicate civic responsibilities to participants. And I think about this in terms of like, if you're making a TikTok and you're standing in the middle of the road and somebody might get hurt other than you and at all, or you're, you know, doing something and it's going to be graffiti. Like we have to think about that, right? Like this is our community. Even if we're just talking about the world, like we have to take care of these things and take responsibility for it. Yeah. I love that one so much too. All right. So now we've covered what is Burning Man and what makes Burning Man Burning Man. So I want to hear about this year for you, Megan. We haven't talked about it yet since you've been back. So I'm, I'm fresh as our listeners. Tell me, like, tell me, tell me about it. This year was super hard. Weather-wise, it's, I have heard from several veterans that this is one of the hardest years that they have had in years. We had three different whiteout dust storms. So for those that don't know, out in the Black Rock Desert, there is alkaline dust and it's really, really fine. It gets into pretty much everything that you bring to the desert. And when the weather gets really bad, the wind will pick up and it creates what's called a whiteout where you cannot see five feet in front of you. So you pretty much just have to stay put until the weather kind of subsides. But we had three of those this year, which was extremely tough, but we got through it. You know, we're surrounded by friends and, you know, like made the best of it. Pretty much all you could do in that situation is just put some music on, maybe, you know, seek shelter if you have it and kind of just make the best of it. But I mean, other than that, I would say it was, definitely of the two years that I have been my favorite year that I've gone a lot more friends were there with us this year and a lot more friends were I I thought like you know like you have different friends at camp in different places and like sometimes it's like it's extremely hard to meet up because there's no cell service out there. And so a lot of the time people will leave out like little whiteboards for like, if you miss them at camp, like you can leave them a little note on their whiteboard. But like, I surprisingly met up with so many people this year and had so many great nights out. It's just, it's just such a magical place. Like we had such a blast. Oh, yay. So what was like, can you like pinpoint like one favorite moment? Mm. We had this really amazing night where we admittedly were kind of chasing music this night. but it turned out to be a really awesome night. We wound up seeing the sunrise, but nighttime at Burning Man is so special. And it's basically like the biggest party you've ever seen in your life. Everything is lit up with LED lights and there's lots of, you know, like different firework type shows and stuff like that. Like people lighting things on fire and all sorts of things. But the one night that's sticking out to me is we went out to chase some music. We had a really amazing night where we saw Jan Blomquist. And then we went to a camp called Ego Trip for a few hours. And it was just like a really nice moment where we had a bunch of friends there. (laughs) The moment that's sticking out in my mind is before we met up with all of our friends at Ego Trip, we were just kind of chilling by the bar. There was like these couches set up there. And I was just sitting there with my friend, Jeremy. And all of a sudden this magician like comes up to us and he just starts performing this like close-up magic show. And it was just so unexpected. And the guy was like so good. And he just performed all these tricks. And like, it was just like one of those moments where it's like, that wouldn't happen in just like an ordinary life. It was just like really charming and awesome. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So you talked a little bit about the whiteouts and the weather. Were there any other struggles, challenges you guys were dealing with out there? Yeah. I mean, we obviously missed you guys out there a ton. And I mean, we talked about you all the time and it's definitely an environment that challenges you emotionally in a lot of ways. So one of the things that folks might not know is like, so they have the man, which is in the center of 
of the city, which is like almost like a symbol of celebration. But then they also have the temple, which is placed behind the man. And essentially the temple is a place for almost like catharsis and sorrow. And, you know, people put things in the temple for like people that they've lost, pets that they've lost, things that they want to let go of in their lives. And we made one trip out to the temple before burn night. And essentially, I mean, the temple always gets me. It's just like, you can really feel like the weight of like the collective human experience of like how everybody goes through shitty things and like everybody holds some weight of something. It's just that kind of thing that kind of like washes over you while you're there. So I think like that part of the journey is always tough because everybody that you know is always going through something. And it's just that realization of like, you're not alone. Like everybody goes through this and like, you know, everybody's there is just like crying and like kind of trying to support each other and hold each other and stuff like that. But it's one of those things that it's hard, but it's in a way it's beautiful at the same time. Yeah. The the temple is such a, it's such a weighty place. And I think people who like just sort of think Burning Man's like a big party in the desert don't realize that there's like all these much deeper components to it. And the temple being one of them, like that place is not a party. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, definitely not. So I wanted to ask you, what were some of your favorite art pieces? Ooh, so they always have, I don't know if it's the same artist every year, but there seem to always be these like large scale metal human pieces. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Have you seen the ones from this year? They're they're like kind of incomplete. Is that? Yeah. 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 They have like kind of pieces missing from them. Those were really stunning to see in, in real life. Also just, I saw some like really fun art cars this year. There was like a sheep art car that I really liked. And like, it's just like maximum silliness. Like people are so creative. One of my friends um, made this giant toothbrush totem. And it was like, essentially just like an, like an oversized toothbrush that he made because he got inspired by there's a chattering teeth art car that he saw. And he was like, Oh, it needs a toothbrush. And so he made a giant toothbrush. And so I thought that that was pretty cool as well. Oh yeah. That's all the, all the kind of fun stuff that happens out there. Mm -hmm. So you talked about this a little bit too, but what's it like being a marketer in a brandless world? What does it do to your brain? Oh my God. When I came back for like, I want to say for like a good solid few days, I just felt like, what am I doing? Like, this is what we could create as a society. And we've just created this capitalist craziness thing. And so it's just so crazy as like a brand designer, because it like, it turns everything on its head. Everything that I've built, like my entire livelihood on is just like non-existent out there. And so it really immerses you in this, like, almost like the upside down of like the real world where it's like, none of what I do would matter and, and that type of society. So it really kind of pushes your brain and stretches your brain to think like, should I be doing something bigger? Like, should I be doing something else with my life? And it's just, I don't know. It's so interesting. I don't know if that's a good response, but <laughs> it's, a, it's a, it's a tough question, but yeah, I just started copywriting. No, I hadn't even really, I think I was just like, maybe thinking about it. I think I was still working in casting when I went. So it was, I haven't really experienced that yet. Yeah. It's, it's really, really interesting because like, if you weren't doing what you do right now, like what else would you be doing? And would it be something like more artistic or more creative or grander than what you're doing right now? You know, like it really forces you to think bigger, you know? So did you have any like aha moments or like business revelations while you were out there? Like, oh, I should do this or I could create something like that. I definitely had a few moments where like, 
I definitely feel I'm feeling the need to get back to like, like creating just in general, like I create for work all day long, obviously, but like a lot of the time I will push off like my personal projects or like, just like creating stuff for fun, painting or drawing or any of that stuff. But like one thing that you realize when you're out there is just like people celebrate, like just creating for fun and like being silly and like just being in that moment so much where like, I feel like as a creative person, we give so much to our work every single day in like the normal world where like at the end of the day, I almost feel like spent a lot of the time. And I really need to create space for just creating for fun again. Like, I feel like I put that on the back burner so much of the time. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we talk about that on here. <laughs> this comes up every once in a while. That's just like, you get so, I don't know. It's just maybe, maybe it's the entrepreneur brain, right? Like we just start, we're like, oh, we're going to do this thing for fun. And then all of a sudden it turns into a work project, right? Like, yeah. And I think part of it for me too, is like, as an artist, like there's a lot of internal pressure to just like, oh, I can't just like doodle this thing. It has to be like a masterpiece. Like it can't just be like a, a thing, like a clay pot that I'm throwing for fun. It has to be like an actual functioning thing. And I put like so much pressure on myself for it to be like this like giant project when in reality, you could just like sit down and like play with clay and just have fun and just, you know. Yeah, I think that's it. I mean, it's a good reminder for everyone. So what are some of the biggest takeaways from the entire adventure? Oh gosh. Well, camping with a camp is much different than renegating. And when I say renegating, I just mean, so there are established camps at Burning Man. You have the choice to either join up with a camp and you can essentially, they will provide some infrastructure for you, or you can quote unquote renegate it. And essentially you're on your own. Like you have to provide your own infrastructure, your own shade situation, everything. So in a lot of ways, I learned a lot from camping with a camp this year. I renegated my first year and it was such a different experience. Like we had just a really different experience. Like I really liked camping with a camp. I love the infrastructure of it. It helps with like a lot of the logistics part of it. Another big takeaway that I took from it was I wound up buying water from Burning Man. So, so they have this program where like, if you fly into Reno, you have the option to take what's called the burner bus, which will transport you into the event. And then for those like people that come in, they also offer, like you can buy water from them. Do not recommend that. <laughs> I do not, I do not recommend that at all because essentially the water depot is essentially, I think at like 6.15, 6 o'clock area. And I was like at the 9.45 area. So like that is a long distance to travel with a five gallons of water on your bike. <laughs> so oh, yeah, um, don't recommend doing that unless you have some other way to transport it. And I think just like the, the last like big takeaway is just to, it's life is short. Like you just gotta like make time for the fun things too. And it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. If you ever get to go to Burning Man, if it ever calls to you, I just like highly recommend going. I mean, that was my, that was my last question to wrap us up is what advice would you give to somebody who wants to go for the first time? Mm, bring more water than what you think you need. Also over-prepare. So like there are lots of like packing lists online and stuff that you can find on like Pinterest or, you know, whatever, but oh, what else? Bring a trash bag with you everywhere you go. So that could be like a Ziploc bag in your backpack. Every time you leave camp, make sure that you have everything you need, at least for the next few hours. And yeah, I mean, enjoy, have fun, like make sure that you like bring good vibes and like make sure that you, you know, like get involved in the experience because I feel like I did a lot more of that this time around. And like, it was just so much more rewarding to like provide the experience to people. So oh, I think that's great advice. So then our question to the audience, our speak your mind 
question today is, is Burning Man on your bucket list? And I think for some people it's a hell yes. And for some people it's a no way. So let us know. I'm curious which way our audience leans. And so you can answer that inside Spotify if you're listening to it there or, you know, on social media, on YouTube, wherever you're listening to the podcast. So that's our episode for today. And remember inspiration for marketing, branding, and growing your business is everywhere. So open your mind, challenge yourself to try something new. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, stay sparkly.